One of the most common areas that I deal with each year is the taxation on the sale of a personal residence. In this episode, I am going to outline the rules for the $250,000 exclusion for individuals and $500,000 exclusion for married couples filing jointly. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I'm a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. Married couples filing jointly that have owned and occupied the home as a principal residence for two of the last five years, ending with the sale date, can exclude the first $500,000 of gain on a principal residence. All others can exclude $250,000, assuming they meet the two out of five year rule. In addition, you must not have claimed an exclusion on any home in the last two years. So again, you can only use this rule once every two years to exclude either $250,000 as a single individual or $500,000 as a married couple filing jointly. So for purposes of the $500,000 exclusion, the ownership test is met if either spouse owns the home for two years. If only one spouse meets either the two-year use rule or has used the exclusion within the last two years, then only the qualifying spouse is eligible for the exclusion and it's limited to $250,000. So I want to explain another situation that can occur with married couples. Let's say each spouse owns a home entering the marriage and has satisfied the ownership and use requirements and also has not used the exclusion in the last two years. If each sells their own home and the couple purchases a new home, each would be entitled to exclude $250,000 of gain on the sale of their former residence. Neither would be allowed a $500,000 gain as the spouse did not fulfill the use requirement. In other words, they haven't lived together in either home for more than two years. So neither spouse used the other former residence as their principal residence for the last two years. Therefore, each spouse is allowed to exclude $250,000 of their own house that they had had because they met the rules. Again, they owned it for two years, lived in it for two out of the five years and haven't excluded a gain within the last two years. So each could exclude $250,000 of their own house. Neither could take a $500,000 exclusion on the house because again, the second spouse did not fulfill the use requirement. So additionally, let's say each spouse has owned their own home for at least five years when they enter the marriage. And while they live separately for the first three years of the five-year look back, so again, we're gonna look back five years from the date of the sale And let's say for the first three years, the couple lived apart, but for the last two years, they lived together. So let's also say that the house they lived together in sold for a $350,000 gain and the other home sold for a $200,000 gain. In this instance, the couple has a choice. They can either exclude $250,000 of gain on the first home that had a $350,000 gain. In other words, it could exclude $250,000 on that 
and 200,000 on the second home, or they could exclude 350,000 on the first home altogether. The reason for that is let's take the home that's got the $350,000 gain. Again, one spouse or, or the spouses have met the ownership test. They've owned it for more than two years. The use test, they've both used it as a principal residence for two of the last five years. And the third test, neither has taken the exclusion in the last two years. So they would be eligible for up to a $500,000 exclusion. Again, the gain is $350,000, so they could exclude that whole gain. Now, the second spouse's home, which is selling at a $200,000 gain, remember, the first spouse never lived in that house. So, again, only the one $250,000 exclusion maximum can be taken because only the second spouse is eligible for that gain reduction. But they would not be able to take take part in the $350,000 reduction on the first house and a $200,000 reduction on the second house because, again, they would have used the exclusion within the last two years. So a choice must be made to, again, either exclude $350,000, you know, the whole gain on the first house, or let the one person take a $250,000 exclusion on the first house and another spouse take a $200,000 exclusion on the second house. Obviously, in this example, it would make much more sense to take a $250,000 exclusion on the first house, a $200,000 exclusion on the second house, and pay tax on a $100,000 gain. The difference between a $350,000 gain on the first house less the exclusion. Because otherwise, what you would do is if you took, if you took the whole $350,000 exclusion, then the whole $200,000 gain in the second house would be included as income. I know that's a little confusing, but again, I just wanted to go over it again. Two spouses living together. Again, for the first three years of the five-year look back, they lived separately. They each owned their own homes. The last two years, they lived together in a home that sold for a $350,000 gain. Again, they could exclude the whole $350,000 gain because they meet all of the rules. However, if they do that, they will not also be able to exclude any of the $200,000 gain on the second home. Remember, they sold both homes and bought a new home together. So again, they could take the $350,000 gain on one home, can't take anything on the second home, so there'd be a $200,000 gain, or they could take $250,000 of exclusion on each home. So they could take $250,000 on the first home and there's a $100,000 gain. On the second home, they're allowed up to a $250,000 exclusion. There's only a $200,000 gain, so they can exclude all $200,000. They would be subject to tax on the $100,000 difference between the $350,000 gain on the first home and the $250,000 exclusion allowed. Okay, another thing to keep in mind with spouses is upon the death of the first spouse, if the remaining spouse does not remarry, and sells the home within two years of the death of the first spouse, they are still eligible for that $500,000 gain. And lastly, one last thing to keep in mind for married couples, and I know there's been a few, but I want you to be well informed, is if one spouse dies, the remaining spouse receives a step up in basis on their portion of the home. So let me give you an example. Let's say a couple purchased a home for $100,000, and it's now worth 700000 when the first spouse dies. 
The remaining spouse gets a basis of $350,000 on the first spouse's portion. So in other words, the fair market value upon the death of the first spouse is $700,000. The surviving spouse gets to use a basis of $350,000, 50% of the $700,000. So that's the basis on the um, spouse that passed away on their part of the property. It's $350,000, plus they still get to keep their $50,000, 50% of the original $100,000 basis. So the total basis is $400,000. Again, their their basis doesn't change. The, the original basis was $100,000. Each spouse had a $50,000 basis. So the surviving spouse keeps their $50,000 basis, plus again, they get a step up. They get 50% of the house was owned by the second spouse, the one that passed away. Again, the house was worth $700,000, 50% of that is $350,000. So the basis the remaining spouse can use is the $350,000 plus $50,000. So there's a $400,000 basis, there's a $300,000 gain. If the house is sold within two years of the first spouse's passing and the second spouse has not remarried, they can exclude all $300,000 of gain because they're allowed up to a $500,000 exclusion. If it is sold beyond two years of the first spouse passing, the second spouse would still have a $400,000 basis, again, the 350 plus the 50, but they would only be able to exclude $250,000 of gain and they would still have a $50,000 gain. Again, I know there's a lot of rules when it comes to spouses, but these are all fairly common issues that come up and I want people to be aware of them. So now I come to how do you calculate the gain or loss on the sale of the residence? And the gain or loss is calculated by starting with the gross sales price of the home, less any expenses of the sale, such as realtor commissions, attorney fees, realty realtor transfer fees, um, uh, realty transfer fees, less the basis of the house itself. Okay, so how do I calculate the basis of my home? The basis of your home is generally the original cost plus any improvements you've made to the home. So each year clients call me and want to deduct things such as updating a kitchen or bathroom and are disappointed when I tell them they can't deduct these items. Upon the sale of the home is where these items help. In other words, let's say you purchased a home for $350,000. Let's further assume that you redid the kitchen for $30,000, two bathrooms for a total of $20,000, and you also put $25,000 into landscaping and a new driveway. In this example, the cost basis would be $425,000. The original $350,000 you purchased the house for, plus the $30,000 for the kitchen, $20,000 for the bathrooms, and $25,000 for landscaping and a new driveway. Now let's assume the sales price is $700,000, and let's also assume a realty, uh, a realtor commission of 5%, which is $35,000, and additional expenses from the closing statement of $5,000. The sales price of $700,000 less the $40,000 in expenses, again, a realty, realtor commission of thirty five dollars plus additional expenses of $5,000, nets you $660,000. Again, $700,000 less forty dollars gets you $660,000 less our previously calculated basis of four hundred twenty-five. dollars Again, that was the three fifty dollars plus the bathrooms, um, the kitchen and the driveway and the landscaping. So the 700 less the 40,000 of expenses less the 425,000 basis yields a gain of $235,000. And therefore, there'd be no taxable income assuming the rules of using the property as a principal residence 
and prior use uh, and that you haven't used an exclusion in the last two years are met, then and you're allowed now up to a $250,000 exclusion, 235000 is less, so obviously there'd be no gain. Again, keep in mind that if it's a married couple filing jointly, they can exclude up to $500,000 of gain, assuming both meet the tests outlined above. Uh, also want you to be aware of a couple of other things. Even if you have taken the exclusion within the last two years, you may be eligible for a reduced exclusion if your sale is the result of a change in employment for health reasons or unforeseen circumstances, which the IRS outlines in a publication. Um, Additionally, there are some special rules. If you've used your residence for business purposes in the past, um, and there are also a couple more rules that uh, pertain to divorce couples. Um, And lastly, any loss you incur upon the sale of your residence is not deductible. Uh, Again, this um, blog or episode will explain uh, the basic principles uh, for selling a personal residence. But these rules, although many people know of them, they can get a little complicated. And as always, I uh, always recommend discussing it with a professional if these situations pertain to you. Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.